Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I am wicked excited to be here with you guys today. <laughs> so... Today's episode, I just love this title so much. I wish I could take credit for it, but I cannot, but I'll explain what it is. So today's episode is called Idiot Compassion. <laughs> How can you not love that? Idiot Compassion. Let's dive into what this is all about, why we're talking about it, how I came across it, and why I love this topic. And of course, there's going to be a little bit of storytelling as well. So if you're not watching this show, if you're just listening, I'm holding up a book right now and it's called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. And it's by a woman named Lori Gottlieb, who's a therapist who wrote this uh, fantastic book. Um, and when I was reading this book, there was a particular passage uh, where she used the term idiot compassion. And I had heard it before, of course, over 20 years of being a yoga teacher, um, I've been exposed to various uh, spiritual traditions and thoughts and uh, being a spiritual teacher, right? So I knew it came from the Buddhist tradition, but I didn't know the full <laughs> context of the meeting, although I had heard it before. So I was wicked excited. So I'm going to read to you um, a little piece from the book where she mentions it. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you a little bit deeper into the concept and why I think it's wicked important that we're aware of this tendency in our own lives where we maybe take compassion, we think we're being compassionate, but really we're not being very kind to those we love at all. Um, and so uh, listen up, listen up people. <laughs> You're gonna probably perhaps recognize yourself in some of this. So here's the little piece um, that Lori wrote about and maybe you should talk to someone. Um, she says, um, above all, she's talking about one of her clients and his name was quote unquote, John. Okay. She says, above all, I didn't want to fall into the trap that Buddhists call idiot compassion in idiot compassion. You avoid rocking the boat to spare people's feelings, even though the boat needs rocking and your compassion ends up being more harmful than your honesty. People do this with teenagers, spouses, addicts, even themselves. Its opposite is what's called wise compassion, which means caring about the person, but also giving him or her a loving truth bomb when needed. Okay, you guys, let's talk about it from this point of view of we try to, we think we're being loving by avoiding rocking the boat. We're going to dive into that in a second, but I'm going to give you Pema Chodron. Uh, so the, the term idiot compassion, 
uh, was coined by um, a Buddhist teacher named uh, Chagyam Trungpa Rinpoche. So just Trungpa Rinpoche, we can just sat there. He's the one who kind of coined it. Um, I've also heard the phrase also be called um, ruinous empathy. <laughs> a woman named Kim Scott wrote a book called Radical Kanda, Radical Kanda. Uh, that's C-A-N-D-O-R, Radical Kanda. And she's also called, I think this is what she means when she, when she says ruinous empathy, because I think that that kind of empathy, sometimes we, we dip too far into the feeling bad for somebody that we continue to um, help them engage in thinking or behaviors that actually don't fucking serve them at all. So we can get into that a little bit. Um, so Pema Chodron, uh, who was... Um, a student of Trunga Rinpoche, she expands on this concept. And I want to lay it down. I'm reading these quotes because I want to lay it down in a couple of different ways so you can see where I'm coming from when I, when I dive into the stories and stuff like that. And even just these short phrases and these short things that I'm sharing, you might recognize yourself in one of these as well. So she says, idiot compassion. The third near enemy of compassion is idiot compassion. And this is when we avoid conflict and protect our good image by being kind, when instead we should definitely say no. <laughs> Compassion doesn't only imply trying to be good. When we find ourselves in an aggressive relationship, we need to set clear boundaries. And the kindest thing we can do for everyone concerned is to know when to say enough. Many people use Buddhist ideals to justify self-debasement. In the name of not, quote unquote, shutting our heart, we let people walk all over us. And it's said that in order to not break our vow of compassion, we have to learn when to stop aggression and draw the line. There are times when the only way to bring down barriers is to set boundaries. So. Let's dive into this a little bit um, because there have been times definitely in my own life and I'm going to, uh, I write, I'm writing actually about this in my memoir a little bit um, where it's like, I've made in the past, I've made excuses for people's behavior in my life, right? I can be overly empathetic. I can be overly compassionate in such a way, like, you know, if you listen to my episode a little while ago, um, a few back, I was talking about how my own curiosity, like I think curiosity is one of the greatest, you know, attributes that a person can have. But sometimes my own curiosity can take me out at the knees because it can make me, <clears throat> you know, get distracted by things that maybe aren't as important as the damn thing I should be focusing on. And I think the same thing can happen in, um, in with compassion, where we become like ruinously, right, empathetic, right? It's too much. It's like we're not actually doing the people that we claim to love a service. So there have been times in my life where I've made excuses for shitty behavior because I could understand, quote unquote, understand maybe why that person was behaving that way, right? Because I always say, if you know somebody's story, it's kind of hard to not come to understand them or feel compassion for them. And ultimately, maybe even in some cases come to love them. But it's not actually loving to a person if you allow them to continue to harm themselves or you or your children or the animals or whatever, right? So 
We have to get really clear around this concept of when our compassion actually stops being compassionate, when it stops being kind, and when it tips into that idiot compassion. And really, it's selfish in some ways, that kind of idiot compassion is really like self-compassion, because what we're really trying to do is protect ourselves because we don't want it to get uncomfy. We don't want it to get confrontational, right? We would rather, uh, we would rather just kind of give people, how do I say this? What they want, right? Which is they want to keep drinking the booze or they want to keep doing X, Y, and Z, right? They have these behaviors and patterns or they're showing up in a particular way in your relationship and you don't want to say jack shit to them because you can't bear to hurt their feelings or you can't bear to see them suffer. You know, and I remember when my Fred Brad Jensen, um, um, who was on my podcast, The Sober Bodybuilder, um, you know, he was talking about how he said, you know, that there were times when his parents were just going to love him to death. They couldn't bear to see his suffering. So they kept like paying for his food and doing this shit, even though they knew he was out like using fucking drugs and he was putting himself in this situation. And we see it a lot of times when it's just not the most loving thing that you can do. Um, Pema Chodron also says it like this. This is so fantastic. Listen to this. She says, idiot compassion refers to something we all do a lot of, and then we try to call it compassion. In some way, it's what, in some ways, it's what's called enabling. Oof. It's the general tendency to give people what they want because you can't bear to see them suffering. And basically, you're not giving them what they need. You're trying to get away from your own feeling of, I can't bear to see them suffering. So in other words, you're not actually doing it for them. You are doing it for yourself. Let's say that one more time. Idiot compassion, it's sometimes what's called enabling. The tendency to give people what they want because you can't bear to see their suffering. And one of the things that I often say is, you know, especially as a, as a spiritual teacher or a coach or a leader of any kind, you have got to be able to build the inner stability, put in the inner stabilizers through daily spiritual practices to be able to bear witness, to create a safe container right? To be able to stand in your sacred ground and say, I cannot stand around and watch you do this anymore. And I see it happen a lot in relationships. Why do you think AA, right? Alcoholics Anonymous was smart enough to start a sister program called Al-Anon for family members and loved ones of alcoholics, because they know that that group of people, hello, <laughs> I was an Al-Anon member for, for, for a period of time in my life back in the day, because we tend to be uh, us highly empathetic and compassionate, quote unquote, people. We tend to be fucking enablers, right? Because it's like, we, we don't want to be uncomfortable ourselves. We don't want the conflict. So it's just easier to give somebody like what they want. I see people do it with, I see parents do it with their children. I see people who are in relationships with addicts do it with their alcoholics or their whatever, whatever people's drug of choice is, right? Your kid's throwing a tantrum and you just, you, I'm not, look, I'm mean, not judging parents. Let me be really clear, right? I'm just, I'm just giving little examples that probably happen just so maybe you can self-identify and recognize like, oh my God, I've done that. Will you finally just give in to your kid? Because you can't, even though you know, like you're like, 
I just, if I could just buckle down, right? It's gonna be, you know, when your parents used to say, this is gonna hurt me more than it's gonna hurt you <laughs> because they knew, right? It's not actually loving to give into the bad behavior. It's not actually loving. And I see it also too, when like, I think of it like this. So I see it a lot in groups of, um, with women, right? Where somebody will, um, like when women get together, and let's just say like, let's just say somebody's going through a breakup, right? <laughs> and even though they'll, and they'll just be like, oh my God, and he did this or whatever, he, she, whatever the dynamic is, right? They did this to me and they did this to me and they did this to me. And all the girlfriends are just like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah, they're a jerk. Yeah, you're right. Blah, 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 blah. But we know damn well that that person probably broke up with them because they're a pain in the ass because they're fill in the blank, fill in the thousands of reasons why. So when we don't give people an opportunity to own their shit, when we just try to cushion everything and make it comfy and make it sweet and make it nice, it's not actually very loving. I remember one time in my own life, my sweetie and I were having this conversation. He was really unhappy about something that had, had happened repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly. And I often say it's like one of the two times that he and I really got into it, right? Because we're, we, we have learned to be like really good communicators with each other. At least I, I knock on wood, I think so. But this was one time, one of the few times where I raised my voice and swore and like hit the table, like trying to make a point. I was so emphatic. I was like a judge with a gavel, right? And he was just going on to say that he didn't really like this particular thing that kept happening, but he didn't want to say anything because he knew it would probably hurt the other person's feelings. And I finally had to, like, I was hitting, like, you know, hitting the table as I was saying. I was like, but the point that you're missing, sweetie, is that it is not actually loving to them to let them keep getting away with this behavior. I say, when they get away with this behavior, right, what are we telling that person ultimately? If you don't speak up and you just keep going along with it because you don't want to hurt their feelings, you're basically sending a signal that says, I don't care that you do this. This doesn't bother me. I said, it's not actually helpful to you or kind to you or kind to them to keep letting them act like a fucking asshole. So, you know, this is one of the things where it can be hard, but it can be hard sometimes, right? I've had relationships and situations in my life where um, it wasn't so much like sometimes people don't want feedback. Let me put it that way. Sometimes, you know, they're not going to be able to hear this. They're not going to be able to hear it. Not only that, they don't want to hear it. And this is going to be worth more trouble <laughs> than I'm willing to invest or whatever the thing is. Right. So, um, um, Isaac Dorsey has this great quote. He says, many Buddhist teachers have described compassion as the ability to react freely and accurately, freely and accurately in any situation. Being nice or feeling sorry for someone may be called for, but so may being fierce and unyielding. Because when sweetness is applied indiscriminately, it is seen as idiot compassion. So it's a really good opportunity to just kind of take a look at ourselves, right? And look at the ways that we might be um, avoiding, have like avoiding speaking up sometimes and saying what needs to be said. 
I think to be intelligent um, or to be, sorry, I think to be compassionate requires your intelligence. It requires you to be discriminate. It requires you to know when to say when, right? I, I've, you've heard me say before, sometimes the most loving thing you can say to somebody, the most compassionate thing you can say to somebody is no. I'm not gonna let you do this. I'm certainly not gonna keep paying, right? Giving you money or letting you steal from me or um, speaking to me that way, right? So we're, we're, we think we're doing it for them, right? I don't wanna hurt their feelings when really we're trying to protect our own ass because it's really uncomfortable sometimes to speak up and say what needs to be said. It doesn't mean that we can, you know, um, Ashwaran, my meditation teacher uh, has a great thing um, uh, on his website, but also in, in handouts and stuff like that, where he talks about um, choosing kindness. And there's a thing that he says where he says, it's not actually kind or loving to let somebody treat you like, it's not about being a doormat. Being kind and being compassionate is not about being a doormat. And he says that there's nothing kind about letting somebody continue to treat you poorly. It's not loving to them either because they don't have the opportunity to own that. He did not say it this way. Let me be clear. Uh, he doesn't swear. Or anything. He's dead now, but he never did. So he, you know, it's like, it, it's, it's, it's not kind or loving to let somebody, I always say this, to let somebody continue to act like an asshole towards themselves or towards you to be abusive. And it's not, it's not always easy, right? Because it's kind of like, I think, you know, Pema Chodron talked about it also in a way where she said like, um, instead of giving your friend medicine, instead of giving your friend the medicine that they need, you instead with your idiot compassion, feed them poison. And when I heard that, I was like, oh man, like that is such a powerful perspective. You know, um, you're not giving people what they need, right? You're actually, uh, you're doing it for yourself because you can't bear to see their suffering. So you'd rather just give in or go along or not cause waves or, and especially like for a lot of um, women, right? Or girls coming up in the world, we're taught to be good or we're taught to be nice or we're told that that's rude. And if you didn't listen to my episode um, before this with Terry Trespicio talking about, um, talking about this, how some, so she talks about representation versus reputation, where sometimes women especially are afraid to speak up because they're like, oh, they'll think I'm a bitch. And it's like, you get to have strong opinions, P.S. You get to say no. You get to tell your kid tough shit, this is how it's going to be because I love you, right? I mean, you might use <laughs> kinder words, but I think you're getting my point right? We don't want to move through the world with idiot compassion or ruinous empathy um, because it's actually not really helping the other person. It's actually incredibly, not only is it really draining, <laughs> not only is it really a big friggin' energy drain uh, in so many ways, it's exhausting. It's exhausting when you're trying to dance around it, right? But anytime, anytime that we kind of have this tendency we think we're being compassionate when really like brace yourself for this word. What we're being is selfish. What we're doing is being very egocentric and I centric because we make it about us instead of the other person. Um, 
So sometimes, you know, we're going to have to give feedback and sometimes we're going to have to say no. And sometimes you're going to have to give somebody the hard or difficult truth. And I always say like honesty without compassion is brutality. Um, so, you know, there might be some times like where you just got to like say, hey, you know, this is how it is. But um, I think that, you know, giving, giving feedback in an effective way is a skill set. It's knowing really how to approach the other person. But we got to remember, it's not helpful to them to give in to them sometimes, right? I mean, in your own life, you have to know how to choose your own battles. But I've seen, you know, I've seen women, especially older women, when I think of like, you know, I just had to do the math in my head. I was like, no, no I don't have any grandparents I don't have any grandparents that are still alive. <laughs> so no, my Nana, my grandmother, my Grammy, they're all dead. So, um, but I've seen women stay in relationships, especially that older generation where they were miserable. They were miserable, right? Like just the sound of your grandfather, you know, like breathing, you know, would send, send my Nana into a dizzy, right? Like, and, and you just like, but they stayed because that's what they did back then. And it wasn't loving it wasn't loving to either of them. It probably wasn't loving to the people that had to be around them. But back then, you know, you just put up with shit. You just took it. You just did it. And I also used to, you know, volunteer. It used to be called a safe place uh, here in New Hampshire. Uh, and I'm also uh, involved. But, you know, when you can kind of look at, this is not me making a commentary on women who stay. I'm just saying you can see it also sometimes in abusive relationships where, you know, people end up um, tolerating, tolerating things because in some cases it will get them killed, right? Until they have a safe, um, you know, get out plan and stuff like that. So what I'm trying to say, guys, is this. Um, one of the most important things is that um, in order to have compassion, we also have to have inner strength sometimes because we have to be willing to be uncomfortable. We have to be willing to say the thing that needs to be said. We have to be willing to know that, um, you know, what's the, the saying? We can do hard things. And sometimes one of the most hardest things to do, even I always say, just because it's the right thing to do doesn't necessarily mean it's the easy thing to do. Even though it might be very simple and clear cut does not mean that it's actually easy. So it takes some courage and it takes some, um, ooh, some inner fortitude. You know, but I think it's important that you kind of take a look around at maybe some of your relationships and just realize, is there any place where you, you know, have this tendency, this ruinous empathy, or where you've been making excuses for somebody? Because in order to say what really needs to be said, it scares you too much because it might cost something. It might change the relationship right? It might, it might create a split in a friendship or a divorce or your group of friends where you, you can't hang out anymore because you say, yeah, I'm not participating in this anymore. This isn't cool. This isn't good. It's not loving for us to do this. Um, you know, blah, 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 whatever the thing is. Um, so you just want to kind of take a look at our relationships and say, you know, is there any place where I, I practice this? Uh, is there any place also, you know, sometimes we'll see it as like where somebody needs to be the savior. Somebody loves to save everybody. They're always so focused on savoring, saving everybody else where they have to do everything all the time and fix everything all the time. Because if they don't do it, it won't get done. So they don't give people a chance to step into their own power. And I see it with parents sometimes too. I'm like, you got to let your kids fail. You got to let them scrape their knees. You got to let them have a moment 
um, of challenge so that they fucking understand what they're made of, who they are, that they have grit and they have resiliency and they have what I call hardiness, you know, that they have the capacity to be a comeback kid, to bounce back like a champ, to like rise up. If we fix everything for them, you take care of everything for them all the time. They have no fucking, they have no trust in themselves. They have no idea that they can actually handle their life. Because here's the thing, when they grow up, life is going to come at them and they're not going to be prepared because we wanted to make everything safe and cushy and comfy and okay for them. But that is not the most loving thing that we can do. I, of course, be kind to your children, feed them, love them, you know, help them to have healthy, you know, self-esteem, all that stuff. I'm not saying be mean, but dudes, we got to know when to say no. We got to know when to be say like, this is no longer helpful. And if you feel yourself like always having to be, a lot of times people step into that quote unquote savior or helper role because they don't want to have to look at their own shit. And it's way easier to keep the focus on what everybody else is doing so we don't have to take a look at our own stuff too. Sometimes it means we've become a mother. <laughs> so I know these words are like, oh, KK, don't say that. Don't say those words. I don't like it. Okay. Uh, yeah, sometimes we got to do what we need to do and we got to say what we need to say because uh, we end up being like over, over empathizers, right? It's like, it's like, it's like going above and beyond with um, making things too simple for people that they, they never learn how to stand on their own two feet. And we think we're doing it out of love, but really we're doing it out of the fact that it feels really, it is, uh, Hat Nun has this beautiful quote where he says something like, to try to love somebody when you don't actually yet know how to love um, is harmful. It's not very loving. I'm just gonna let that one sit there for a second. Okay. Um, yeah, so let me read this one final thing and then we'll go. Um, so instead of offering a friend you know, um, medicine, bitter though it might be when ingested, you feed them more poison. And at the very least, you don't take it away from them. This, she says, is not compassion at all. It's selfishness. And as you're more concerned with your own feelings than attending to your friend's actual needs. So sometimes we'll try to avoid a temporary discomfort, right? Even though we know that um, it's what, it might be the damn thing that keeps a person alive. All right. So idiot compassion. <laughs> I've defined it for you. Used it in the story. Remember they would give you a, a word when you were learning a new word. They would like tell you what the word was. They'd tell you the meaning of it. They'd put it in a sentence and then they'd have you, you know, like repeat it back. So I feel like that's what we've done. So if you recognize yourself in any of these things, you guys, whenever we talk about these things, and sometimes it can feel like, oh God, yeah, I don't want to look at this, right? But I invite you. That's what this whole podcast is about, spirituality and storytelling, finding the, finding the universal in the personal. And when we notice ourselves, like this is one of the most loving things we can do is to get our shit together, right? And to go like, oh yeah, I've done that, or I do that, or I need to stop that or whatever. It's not about using spirituality as a weapon against yourself. It is an opportunity to illuminate, right? To bring the darkness into the light so that it might be healed. So if you've been having some idiot compassion <laughs> going on, 
I want you to, uh, you know, stop, you know, what do they say? Check yourself before you wreck yourself. So just stop and uh, bear witness. And when you recognize yourself trying to do that, it's like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I'm not going to say anything, you know, and I think about it like this, like, um, I've said before in the past, like if I have a booger or my flies down or I got food in my teeth or whatever, and you know that I'm going to be like, you know, going anywhere in public or get up from the table, whatever the thing is, talking to somebody, please do not let me go. It is not actually loving to just think like, oh, she'll notice when she gets to the bathroom or she'll notice when, no, it's like, so just, just directly, right. You can just with, with, with Kanda kindness, but with candor, you just say, Hey, psst, you flies down. Right. I remember being at this big event one time and, um, this guy, Bill Barron, I've told this story before, but I'll never forget it. So Bill Barron is up on stage at this event, the big shift event, the big shift experience. And it's like, he's in front of a room of like 700 people. I'm right in the front row because when I go to events like that, I like to be right up front. A, because I'm a little hot of hearing, but B, I thrive off that energy. I like being close to the speaker. Right. So I'm right up front and all of a sudden I, I look up and I'm like, oh my God, his fly is down, right? So it was like, you know, night one or the morning of day two or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, he, people are coming up to him once there's like a 15 minute break and a bunch of people ran to get more coffee or beverages and some people ran to the bathroom. And I was like, I cannot in good conscience, like just let him, because I'm like, who's going to tell him? probably nobody, but I'm going to tell them because <laughs> it's the loving thing to do. You know, so everybody's like shaking his hand and taking pictures with them. And all of a sudden it's my turn. And I go, Hey brother. And he squats down to talk to me and I go, Hey, I just want to say, this is amazing. Number one, I appreciate you. I'm loving this. Number two, your fly is down. And all of a sudden his face just goes like, <gasps> and he stands up and he spins around, he zips it and he turns back around. He's like, thank you so much. It was so funny. And it happened again another time. It was the funniest thing. It happened again. But my whole point being is that, um, was that comfy and soothing? I'm like, oh my God, I've never met this person before. He's the lead guy running this thing. Am I going to embarrass him or myself? And I was like, I just can't, I just can't in good conscience. It's just not, I just can't do it. And so I told him. So we always want to do it, you know, if we can privately, quietly, never about um, embarrassing anybody, nothing like that. But it's the most loving thing to do. You know, like a real friend will go, hey, psst, you got a bugger. Like, hey, whatever, right? <laughs> you, got, you got toilet paper on your shoe. So that's where I'm going to leave this, you guys. I hope this was helpful in some way. I hope, and you might, you might be like, oh no, I, I don't, I, I'm pretty good here, but I recognize that in my mom, or I recognize that in my friend, or I recognize that in my cousin, and maybe you can talk to them, you know, and you got to be careful. Not everybody loves the word idiot, <laughs> but it makes me laugh because I think it's so pointed. Like when I first heard that, like, boom, it like stopped me in my track tracks. And I was like, yeah, idiot compassion. I get that. That's not real compassion. That's not wise compassion. It's not actually helpful. It's ruinous. It's ruinous empathy. Um, and we cannot let, we just, we just can't do it. People, we got to put on a big girl panties and a big girl pants and our big boy shoes and all the analogies and all the things. <laughs> so you guys, I got to hop off. I got to, I'm guest teaching. I'm um, guest teaching in somebody's uh, entrepreneurial program tonight. And it's friggin' one of my favorite things to do. So I want to do more of that, you guys. So if you have an entrepreneurial group and you want to hire me, you want to bring me in to speak to your people, please hit me up. Please reach out. 
Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do um, is to, um, to, to guest teach in people's programs and stuff like that. So just putting out there so the universe is on alert and that so of you, some of you who are listening, uh, it's a new part of my business that I am um, kind of branching out with. So I, I really, 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 really love it. Um, so you can just reach me, just go to karenkenny.com. You can see how to contact me, shoot me an email, whatever. Uh, Karen at karenkenny.com, wicked easy. If that interests you, for the rest of you who are listening, uh, I appreciate you so much, you guys, and I love you and I see you and I celebrate you. And uh, wherever you go, man, wherever you go, please leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you wanna hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.